Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. And now the news. If Tennessee's Norris Dam State Park northwest of Knoxville has been on your must-visit list, May would be the time to make that visit happen. This month, the Lenore Museum in neighboring Norris has a photo exhibit of the 2,900 families living in the Clinch River Valley who were displaced so construction could begin on the nearby Norris Dam. The first from-scratch project of the Tennessee Valley Authority, the federal project that was created during the Great Depression to bring electricity and economic development to the region. The photography is by Louis W. Hine, who was hired by the TVA to document the work. We tend to forget the price paid by displaced residents, be it for Norris Dam, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, or any number of other public projects, where residents were relocated for the, quote, public good. Occasionally, a reminder of the area's past is left behind, the handful of whitewashed buildings in the Cataloochee Valley of the Great Smokies, for instance, but often the presence of these one-time residents is simply erased, which makes this exhibit all the more compelling. Norris Lake was started in 1933 and has 33,840 acres of water surface and 809 miles of shoreline. It has 11 mountain biking trails, totaling 22 miles, and it has 15 hiking trails ranging in length from a half mile to five miles. Also in Tennessee, Forest Service officials report that the Mill Creek Fire is now 90% contained. The Mill Creek Fire has been burning for several weeks and is located along westbound Interstate 40 at mile marker 446 in Cock County. For firefighter and visitor safety, Stone Mountain Trail will be temporarily closed from Mills Creek to Hall Top. You can get updates on the fire progress at our um, at a link that will be on the show notes on our website. Finally, this news is a little late and we'll explain why in a moment. However, the annual asynchronous firefly viewing opportunity at Elkmont in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park will be Tuesday, June 1st through Tuesday, June 8th this year. Every year in late May to early June, the area is the site of the annual naturally occurring phenomenon of Photinius carolinus, a firefly species that flashes synchronously. Since 2006, access to the Elkmont area has been limited during the eight days of predicted peak activity in order to reduce traffic congestion and provide a safe viewing experience for visitors and that also minimizes the disturbance to these unique fireflies during their peak mating period. Now, the bad news. In order to keep those numbers down, there's a lottery for access to the area. 800 passes are awarded, 100 a day, through a lottery. A lottery which only lasts four days, the fourth day of which was Monday, May 3rd. 
During the viewing period, access to Elkmont is restricted after 4 p.m. to passenger vehicles with a parking pass earned through this lottery, to registered campers staying at the Elkmont campground, and to backcountry campers with a valid permit. Visitors are not allowed to walk or ride bicycles at the Elkmont Entrance Road or Jakes Creek Road after 4 p.m. due to safety concerns. And again, we'll have a link at, uh, in our show notes where you can find more information about this phenomenon. And that, friends, is the news for this week. Today we have a short version of our podcast, and today we are going to focus on five of our favorite resources. So we're going to start with probably our favorite resource, which is the American Hiking Society, AmericanHiking.org, which we will have all the links to these five resources uh, in our show notes, so don't worry about copying them down. You can find them in the show notes. American Hiking Society. There's so many things that we like about this site. For one, if you're a beginner, they have a Hiking 101 page, which has gear tips, it has outdoor skills, it has the 10 essentials, it has information on planning a hike, it has information on how to advocate for trails, it has the latest trail news, got all kinds of great information. It also has information on National Trails Day, which is coming up on June 5th, and you can go there and you can find... National Trails Day events where you are. Uh, so far, we're just at the beginning of the May, of May and, and it's still a month out. But they've got, um, let's see, there's two events in Virginia. There's six listed in North Carolina. There's two in South Carolina. Um, and you can go there and you can find all the details you'll need to uh, sign up and uh, find more information about these events. Um, and curiously, Popular Mechanics, I discovered on their National Trails Day page, is a sponsor of National Trails Day. So, go figure. Another nice thing about this page, volunteer vacations, and they're back. Uh, much like National Trails Day, it didn't really exist last year, but they are listing volunteer vacations. These are vacations where... Um, you go and you work for a week, you work for two weeks, you do trail work, you do, you do basically whatever it is they want you to do. And there's generally some, some support involved. Um, sometimes camping, lodging is provided, sometimes food is provided. But you can go to the individual events and you can see both what it is that they're looking for what um, what you would be doing as a volunteer and then you know what the the setup is and um, what's expected of you and what you can expect from them an example here is they have a volunteer vacation august 1st through august 7th at mount mitchell state park in north carolina it says volunteers will be rehabilitating the most popular trails in the park the Balsam Nature Trail is near the summit of the highest peak east of the Mississippi. Volunteers will perform tread work, including side hilling. So it's a good opportunity to find out what words like side hilling mean. Uh, building new steps and water bars and other water diversion structures. Some rock work will be involved. Tools will be provided, including hazel hose, which, again, it's worth it just to show up to find out what a hazel hoe is. 
uh, let's see, Pulaski's, rock tools, all kinds of things. We will also provide safety equipment and detailed instruction in the use of these tools. Volunteers will enjoy camping and working at high elevation not far from the summit of Mount Mitchell. And if you're not aware, Mount Mitchell is the highest point uh, east of the uh, Black Hills of South Dakota at 6,684 feet. And again, uh, more information on that volunteer vacation and on um, others at the American Hiking Society website, AmericanHiking.org. And again, we'll have that link in our show notes. Favorite resource number two, road closings. That is, the entities that keep track of uh, the roads and the road closings that we use to get to our trailheads. Now, you might think of road closings as more of a seasonal thing associated with winter, but especially when dealing with the gravel forest service roads and even state and county roads in the mountains, washouts and landslides can happen year-round. Even on the interstates, I-40 near the North Carolina-Tennessee line gets traffic affecting rock slides every couple of years, and it's good to know about these. Sometimes the road is flat-out closed, sometimes just uh, creates substantial delays, but it can help you when you're planning, um, you know, if you're meeting somebody at a trailhead or just for your overall trip planning purposes. You can find out about smaller Forest Service access roads from the appropriate Forest Service website. You can find out about country and county, state, and interstate road closings from your state DOT website. And uh, you, there you can also find uh, um, construction and other traffic delays and reroute accordingly. And, you know, the Blue Ridge Parkway, there are often closures in the winter. Uh, in fact, parts of it are closed for most of the winter, but it even has closures in the summer for construction, um, sometimes for heavy fog, sometimes for weather. So it's always good to check ahead, and we will have uh, some pertinent uh, links for finding out road closures in the show notes. I know I shouldn't have to keep repeating this, but I feel like I should so you don't feel compelled to try to write things down. So again, in the show notes, everything you'll need. Favorite resource number three, sunrisesunset.org. Especially this time of year, something it, sunset is something that we rarely think about when we're planning a hike. There's so much sunlight, we just kind of assume that we'll finish in daylight no matter how late in the day we start down the trail. A quick visit to sunrisesunset.org plants in the back of your brain, if nowhere else, when the sun will set. It's especially helpful information during that weird time when sunset can change by a minute or two a day, which doesn't seem like much, but if you're planning a trip that's a week out, um, you know, that's going to be a difference of 10 minutes, and that can be a significant difference. So, Anyway, it's a quick check, sunrisesunset.org. Favorite resource number four, Outdoor Gear Lab. Now, I'm not a gear snob. I'm not even close to being a gear aficionado. But for certain types of equipment, I do like to do some comparison shopping. Rain jackets, for instance. I'm constantly on the lookout for a decent rain jacket namely one that doesn't cost more than my car payment and that will keep me dry in a warm rain. Well, not even a warm rain, even just a lukewarm rain. So I'm constantly keeping up with the latest developments in rain jacket technology. 
And one of the best places I've found to keep up is with the OutdoorGearLab.com website. According to their About page, this is their five-step process. Number one, we select the top products in each category. Number two, we buy the products we review, which is important, at retail, just like you, to help assure completely objective and independence in our ratings. We will not accept free evaluation units from the manufacturers. That is in italics, too. Number three, our review editors put the products through detailed side-by-side -side tests, both in the lab and in the field, and carefully assess performance, ease of use, and reliability. Number four, we rank the products and explain why and give awards to the best. And number five, after testing and reviews are finished, we sell rev uh, reviewed products on eBay at big discounts. Over the last eight years, this is on the rain jacket specifically, as an example, they have reviewed 35 men's rain jackets. They, they've also done women's. I'm just using men's as the example because that's, you know, I'm a man and that's what I was looking up. Uh, let's see, so they've reviewed 35 men's rain jackets and whittled the list to a dozen for its most recent review, which appeared in February. They provide a detailed analysis of what they looked for and their findings. They list their top picks in various categories, including their top budget pick, which is especially important to me. And they proclaim their top overall pick, which in the case of rain jackets, was the Arteryx Zeta SL, a $300 rain jacket which they were especially fond of. So again, that's OutdoorGearLab.com. And finally, favorite resource number five is the Picture This app. So increasingly, I've become more concerned, maybe even obsessed, with knowing what it is I'm looking at in the woods, especially plants, since that's what is the most abundant. Now, I used to occasionally carry a regional plant guide, but they tend to be heavy and bulky, and tracking down the right plant can be time-consuming depending on how well the guide is indexed, and perhaps more importantly, how well the user is at being able to use an index. So when the Plant ID app started appearing, I was on board. I tinkered with a few, but eventually decided on Picture This, which has a database of more than 10,000 plants. You simply take a picture of what you like ID'd, the app takes a few seconds to mull it over, then spits out not only the plant's common name, but various alternatives, its botanical name, other pictures for comparison purposes, and all sorts of information about the plant. You can also add the plant to your, quote, garden for future reference. You need a cell connection for instant ID. If you don't have a connection, it stores the picture and IDs it when you do have a connection. There's a free version with upgrades available for a fee. And those are five of our favorite resources. And again, we will have links where you can follow up if you are so inclined uh, and get more information on these resources for your own personal use. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. Coming up, we have 
We have a trip this weekend, which would be the weekend of May 7th through 9th. We have a three-day, 19-mile backpack trip that starts and ends at the Big East Fork Trailhead in the Pisgah National Forest of North Carolina and takes in a goodly portion of the Shining Rock Wilderness Area. We still have two spots available for this trip, and the forecast for the weekend could not be better. Daytime temperatures in the 60s, overnight lows in the 40s, and sun the whole time. Well, except at night, where it'll be dark. But it'll be clear, no rain in the forecast. In June, we have our first big trip of the season. A four-day, three-night, 35-mile trip on the vaunted Virginia Triple Crown. Yep, McAfee Knob, Tinker Cliffs, and the Dragon's Tooth all in one trip not to mention a slew of great views along the way. This trip is June 24th through the 27th and also includes a training component for those who worry they aren't in shape for a 35-mile trip that gains more than 8,500 vertical feet. If you're not a backpacker but would like to be, we have a Get Backpacking Intro to Backpacking class in June. This three-part class includes a Zoom gear session, a five-hour in-field training session, and a three-day, two-night graduation trip to North Carolina's South Mountain State Park. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at getgoingnc.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism or maybe a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore.